Good morning. Welcome to the Long Live Alternative Parties podcast. Free Press Media Press Inc. and Alternative Parties Books Publisher sponsors this podcast. I'm Andrew Bouchard. Welcome to the Long Live Alternative Parties podcast. Today, friends, we have another exciting guest. His name is Joseph Odo. He's going to talk to us about his campaign he's going to be running. He is running right now. So welcome to the podcast, Joseph. Well, thank you. I appreciate you doing this, Andrew. Sure thing. Let's get started by you kindly giving us an introduction to yourself, a brief biographical sketch. Well, it's not lost on anyone that our country's in trouble. So what I see as Congress should be an important institution, yet it's fairly dysfunctional, and it's being felt nationwide. So I've run for Congress before when I lived in Virginia. I actually started a third party back then. And... You know, when I looked around and said, well, you know, there are two parties, but to me, they simulate one. They they kind of merge together and keep the status quo going so that that nobody really gets anything done. So that's why I had to jump on the ballot to make sure that we could raise a voice, uh, point out the ills that's going on and offer some positive solutions. Sounds good. So you said you ran for Congress before. Oh, yeah. It's, it's been uh, over – it was back in 04, 06, 08. I ran three times in a row, actually. Oh, my. Three different opponents, uh, two incumbents and one open seat. So that was a good challenge. I appreciate the opportunity to get mix it up with those folks. Uh, I was able to be in the debates back then. I hope they'll the, – the big parties who usually try to block us independents from being involved – Let's hope they let me in this year as well. What did you learn from those experiences running for those offices? Well, one thing I learned is when you get them out of their element, out of their comfort zone, they're not as sharp as they appear on the glossy brochure, you know. (laughs) And that, uh, you know, people that will say pretty much anything, depending on the audience, that they're talking to, they'll tell them anything. But but I also learned looking up close and, and talking to these folks that they their hands really are tied. The system itself is is what we are in need of fixing. You know, the status quo of getting elected to Congress, you don't really even have a chance to present legislation unless the majority, uh, unless the party allows you to, unless you are on the right committees. I mean, if you present something that the other side might even look at, you're going to be an enemy of your own party. As as we just saw uh, an incumbent here in South Carolina get defeated because he challenged the the big party. So it's just, you know, there's really not much that can get done in the current status. So that's why we are doing this to recruit people to do it and to have citizens join the effort and advocate for common sense fundamental reform, which starts at election reform, like ranked sure. choice voting, for instance. Ranked choice voting? Yeah. So tell our audience which party you represent. I'm a nominee of the Alliance Party. Alliance we Party. Are, we are going to make uh, legislating different. We're going to make public service the true calling of anyone who joins us. We we commit to transparency. We publish our tax returns, so we're not going to sit on committees that vote for money in Congress uh, 
yet we hold stock on those companies that we're giving money to. <laughs> you know, that's going on way too much. People in Congress are getting rich from that effort, but also when they leave office, we're not, we're going to have a fi- offer, we're going to offer to change the law that says you have a, have to have a five-year waiting period before you become a paid lobbyist. You know, those folks that leave office get paid a million dollars tomorrow to be a lobbyist. So that's just crazy. I mean, we are, the system will never change because the mountains of cash, you know, unless we advocate change from the fundamental citizen side of things where the citizens are represented like it was originally set out to be, then we'll never see change. The status quo is doing all they can to hold on to their power. And so we have to do an end around and try to get the municipalities where it's it's moving now. Ranked choice voting is being used in quite a few places. We'll get better citizens, better quality people running. We'll get people to form alliances like our party does where you have to you know, ask the citizen, look, if I'm not your first choice, at least pick me for your second choice. So there'll be a lot more open dialogue, more positivity, less negativity. That's the objective. Sure. So what are the demographics of the area that you're running in? Well, they redrew the lines. So the lines run from Georgetown County north down to Hilton Head Island along the coast of South Carolina here. Uh, Charleston is the main central activity, but they cut off a piece of uh, a couple of the other surrounding counties to put in there. Um, so I, I suspect, I didn't really look at the demographics per se, but I suspect that the, uh, that the uh, district has been redrawn in favor of those who you know, the the majority party in charge so that they can, I'm pretty sure that they knocked out some uh, what they consider blue areas and put them in to the neighboring congressman's blue area so that they can give him control of that area and give this a less competitive, uh, that's just wrong. The gerrymandering is terrible, right? In this state, this past year where they passed the new redistricting, they managed to make very little competitive districts. In fact, 72 out of the 140 seats are running without a major party opponent in the November election. That's, I mean, that's how we lose our republic right there. That's just embarrassing. That's for the state house here in South Carolina. So so the gerrymandering is another provision that we want to attack we want to you know for the next 20 30 census we should have legislation that can have nonpartisan redistricting across the whole country ready to go when the results are published in 2030 sure so who are your opponents this time around and what are they like well i don't mention them or their party by name because i'm not giving them any free advertising but there is an incumbent congressperson who is in her first term, and she just won her primary against someone who was endorsed by the ex-president. And, and surprising to me, well, I guess it shouldn't be a surprise that 45% of the people still wanted that, the ex-president. 
uh, you know, they they think the election was stolen. You know, it's just mind numbing out there. I mean, yeah. <laughs> to believe that that they still think that way. I mean, can you imagine if Al Gore was still saying, "Hey, my election was stolen back in 2000"? I mean, when do they let it go? You know? Yeah. I mean, there there comes a time. <laughs> so uh, then the uh, the other nominee, the opponent that's running, I was surprised because she seems really well. Spoken. Uh, she's a pediatrician. Uh, it's just surprising someone like that would jump into the to the 4A, which is basically in the gutter these days. When you're in the two parties, you, all you do is attack each other. You know, they don't. Neither of them present any positive solutions. So that's what I hope to make a difference in. Uh, I, I have positive solutions. I have a public policy degree from Penn State, yeah. so I can draw up legislation tomorrow. But again, it won't get out of committee, so we have other fundamental changes that need done first. So, which issues do you want to change in the Congress? Well, the first thing is make transparency. Those folks running need to publish their tax returns, show that they're not being paid. I mean, they ride—they could ride around right now in a car with a NASCAR suit with all the sponsors that give them their money. That's just you know over the top because the mountain of cash needs to be filtered out and the lobbyists who are paid need to restrict their time and give citizens unpaid lobbying citizens equal time to meet with their representatives and discuss legislation we should have term limits no legislator should need to sit in longer than 12 years that's plenty of time to get stuff done nobody should stay longer in any legislature, state or national, for more than 12 years. We we got to end gerrymandering. Uh, you know those those are those are the fundamentals because you know I have other things. I mean I'm a green advocate, and I'd like to see our infrastructure expand. I, I advocated for high speed rail across the country for years. Uh, we ended up with slow speed rail. You know some extensions in Virginia. That was good. No small victories, but these none of these trains. These are eight nineteenth century technology that they're running. When and then none of them run over a hundred miles an hour. That's embarrassing. The U.S. is way behind other countries. We should have maglev connecting a hundred cities in America so that we can travel faster on train than we can by plane. Yeah, that would be nice. Yes, sir. How many ballot access signatures do you need in your area? Well, I didn't really need signatures. I was nominated by the party I already had standing. But I can tell okay. you this. I listened to the libertarian you had on who was in New Jersey who was getting knocked off the ballot because the challenge. They tried that with us in Virginia a few years ago. And fortunately for us, the attorney general at the time, Ken Cuccinelli, who was recently with the uh, ex-president's administration and the Department of Homeland Security. He was attorney general, and he knew that we played above the boards, and we didn't cheat on the petitions. And, you know, there, there's ways to do it right, and there's ways to do it wrong. So I suspect that the guy in New Jersey did it right and that the big parties just have that fear. I mean, they do fear us. That's why they won't give us any openings, won't give us any media. Well, won't allow us in the debate. So 
So, yeah, I appreciate that you had that gentleman on, and uh, fortunately I'm not challenged here, but I'm sure they'll find other ways that if I got close to, uh, you know, getting elected, they would find skeletons or create some skeletons for me, you know. <laughs> if I don't have any now, then they'll create some. So, it's a shame because yeah. good folks don't want to run for office. I mean, you need a million dollars just to start in for a Congress seat. Maybe a hundred thousand just to run for a state house seat. That's that's just that's terrible. The the the, the, the country was not set up that way. It was set up for people yeah, not to be involved that much. <laughs> I'm glad that the Alliance Party's on the ballot there. That's awesome. Yeah, we have the, uh, there are a couple other parties, I think, on the ballot, but I'm not sure if, I mean, I think I'm the only person, or the only, uh, district where they came up with a candidate. And we do have a couple running okay. for state house and one statewide running for, uh, treasurer, I think. So, you know, we are a growing party here in South Carolina. We are encouraging folks to go to our second ballot, Alliance Party of South Carolina, and my website, bettercandidates.org, will also lead them there. BetterCandidates.org? Yes, sir. So this is your campaign website, or is it something else? Yes. No, that's my campaign. I, I used it before I was campaigning for recruiting candidates. You know, we, we're okay. always in recruiting mode. So, you know, I, I do this to lead by example. I want other people to follow. There is another person running. I don't know. I think she's with one of the big parties. She's only 20 years old running for state house here in South Carolina. So, you know, I applaud those folks who step forward and are willing to to get in the trenches with us, you know. So what type of candidates are you looking for? What qualities are you looking for in the candidates? Well, just to be honest citizens who want to make a difference and who want to, you know, pledge to not, become lobbyists or, you know, pledge to advocate for the citizens and listen to those who who vote for them, not those who pay them. You know, that's the difference. I mean, we would love to have people of any occupation join us. There's no, there's no real picture. People of, people of any, anybody can join us, you know. <laughs> So as long as a person is of integrity and they want to make a difference, they're a good fit. Exactly. You know, the, the, the country has so many issues that need to, need solutions, you know. And just like when they did try to pass the bill, H.R. 1, or the People Act in Congress last year, and nobody from the other party voted for it, that tells you there's no cooperation, there's no communication. That how dare you, you support anything that the other side? That's not what the country was set up on. The country constitution itself was was drawn up with compromise, you know. And you you do have to talk to the other side to make things happen. So, you know, those provisions like the end gerrymandering and the same day voter registration that it would have given us, election day holiday, we still need that stuff. So we got to still advocate for those things. You know, we we could pledge to create a modern society that we can be proud to live in. And that means keeping it livable and prosperous for all. You know, that means making more strides towards cleaner air, water, safer consumer goods, 
you know, that's those are just the basics that we need to do. Why why shouldn't everybody have access to clean, safe drinking water? You know, why shouldn't everybody have access to housing? The unhoused, especially the veterans, that's an embarrassment. You know, <laughs> and healthcare, of course, that's a no-brainer, man. Everybody should have that. I mean, it, it can be done. The country has plenty of prosperity, plenty of money. You know, there's just people say, oh, we can't afford it. That's BS. We can't afford it. This country is rich. We yeah. have money. We can't afford to take care of our people. Yes, that's very true. I've seen stats where they show that some poor countries have health care and we don't have that. So <laughs> you're, you have a good point. We should be able to afford it. Well, it's an embarrassment, and it's because the the special interest in the and the money system that, that runs the government, that runs the legislature, you know. I mean, the people that were elected to serve should be addressing these needs first. But we see that the current system, they have no ability to get anything done. Nothing can get passed unless it meets the standard of their paymasters, you know. That's, it's just embarrassing. <laughs> you, know, you change one member of the duopoly with another in a broken system, you're not going to solve anything. That's why we, the basic reforms of election reforms have to be, you know, why shouldn't voters be able to show up at the, the polls on election day with proof of residence and just vote, register to vote right on the spot and vote? You know, they, they, they are trying to suppress the vote because that is easier for them to manage, you know. They, they, they perpetuate their dominance when they have these primaries and very few people vote in those, you know. So you see them using those things like voter registration to suppress Ranked voting. choice voting, those are all very important. We have runoff elections going on right now in South Carolina. We could save the state a ton of money for having a second round of elections for primaries when nobody's going to show up anyway. I mean, they had probably less than 20% the first round. Now they'll have 10% for the second round. I mean, that's... That is the small amount of people who are dictating who we nom who we nominate, who we elect. That's that's terrible. You know, we need people, more people involved. We need people to want to vote and have a reason to vote. You know, right now they hold their nose to vote against somebody. Well, if we gave them ranked choice voting, so they could go and choose who they want first time, and then if they want to hold their nose and vote against the, one of the evils, then they can pick them second, third, fourth. You know. There's, uh, it's a good system is being used in various other places around the country. Sure. So, Joseph, for our audience out there, how can they support your campaign? Well, the website does have a link and an address where they can send donations. It would be nice okay. to keep moving around the district, getting out to civic groups and talking to folks. Uh, we don't need much, but we'd rather have citizen money than PAC money. So sure. that would be a nice thing. Bettercandidates.org. Uh, I have other websites for my business, right? Consult.com is the I'm professional sorry, site because I'm a writer. Writeconsult.com. I'm a writer and I can help Writeconsult.com? Yes, sir. W R. And the other one was Consult.com? I'm sorry, the first website for the business was consult.com? No, right. W-R-I-T-E, consult, all together. Writeconsult.com. And then okay. there's another one for some of the blog posts of 
the past that I keep up there, the independentamerica.org, and I have one to preserve our civil liberties, the usbillofrights.org. This, this is, you know, the privacy that, that we're losing is, is, is not healthy. You know, there's no reason the government should know everything about us. And big data is contributing directly to that, that the government is snatching that information. You know, we need to protect our civil liberties. And it goes back to, doesn't really matter who is in charge in, at the White House, but, I mean, it goes back to the fear-mongering of the early 21st century when they decided, well, you know, that terrorist attack on 9-11, we have to go after people now. So they put put up this Patriot Act and and they, you know, extracted our liberties because people were scared. People were, had fear. And it, it works. It's a very effective method. But but we can't stand for it. The citizens need to push back. Yes. Yes, indeed. So, Joseph, thank you for coming on the podcast today and talking about how you're making a difference in South Carolina. Yes, I, let me finish with this. You know, anybody that wants to run should contact me because... You know, we can't let the big media tell people, tell us we're losers. We don't lose by running for office. We are winners. We win whether we get elected or not because, you know, uh, participating in, in the civic, civics and participating in elections, that's a win. And that's important. And it's a, it's a noble, humble calling and it's, and we, we really hope more people will do it. I know it's, it's challenging and, and, you can't really do it thinking, well, you know, I gotta dial up a million dollars. <laughs> well, sure. there's other ways to do it, and that's what I'm trying to show people. So, hope, thank you for keeping up the good work and being an alternative press outlet. We, we definitely need more of that. My pleasure. I wish you all the best in your campaign and all your personal and professional endeavors, such as the businesses you mentioned. Thank you, sir. All right. Take care and all the best. All right. Take care. Bye now.